You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin, and we're going to be talking about a TV show today. A Hulu show presents an FX sophomore season masterpiece, question mark? The Bear. When we last left off, The Bear, Carmi, played by Jeremy Allen White, had just discovered what I like to call secret spaghetti payload from his deceased brother Mike. What he decides to do with the money, that's what season two is about. Carmi decides to bring the chefs with him to really fix up the beef, which is what his restaurant is called, and turn it into his dream restaurant that he's always had since he was a young man, called the title of the show, The Bear. With his sister, Natalie, played by Abby Elliott, his cousin, Richie, played by Eben Moss Bachruck, Reprising that role, who's a, a real, in season one, a very, I'd say, almost incredibly problematic, toxic individual that destroys everything he touches. Tina, one of the cooks, played by Lizy Colin Zayas. His sous chef and protege, Sydney, played by Ayo Edebiri. And also we have Marcus returning, played by Lionel Boyce. Also, Uncle Jimmy is there to help out with some money troubles because he believes in this investment. Or maybe he feels guilty about the troubles the family has had and he's not really been a great uncle to help them out. Either way, Oliver Platt, always brilliant. And we also have a character named Claire who pops up into Carmen's life. Played by Molly Gordon. Claire used to know Carmen from high school days and maybe she she had a little thing for him and you know how dumb high school kids are they don't know how to express their feelings in a in a great way so nothing ever happened the season two sees maybe maybe Carmi can juggle love life and running a restaurant in uh, chicago now uh, with the money they decide hey let's let's build this dream restaurant we have 12 weeks to open and only 10, 10 episodes to accomplish this opening. With me to talk about this, someone who knows the difference between a risotto and just a rice. Ray is with us. Hello. And someone who knows that you don't serve hard-boiled eggs to anyone in the sanctum. Neil is with us. Yes, chef. 
and someone who can check out a nice little shop, a nice little beautiful shop in the middle of a district on Mars in the year 2079. Sarah Jane is with us. <laughs> yes, chef. So I appreciate you all enduring that wacky retelling of this show. I loved it. What did you all think of The Bear Season 2? In some way, it managed to be better than the first. I, I think we're more invested in these characters. The first season is the chaos of Carmi coming home, the absence of Mikey's death, the void it is created in everyone's life, literally in the restaurant and their lives. And just trying to, to function. This is now do or die. We're almost going scorched earth and rebuilding the place. Almost to the ground up for where they have to go. And we get a, a episodes that give us more on each character. You know, Marcus gets an episode. Richie gets an episode. Sydney gets more of an episode. We're w- way more invested in these people. And are they going to make it or not? So for me, this season was even better than the first season. And I love the first season. I I agree. I think there was no sophomore slump here. This was a show where um, if there's going to be a lot of seasons, generally the first one is just kind of, oh, it's rough and it gets better as it goes along. But no, this show was great out of the gate. And so that's why I was so looking forward to this season. And... Um, like Neil said, I, I think it's better than the first one. It's just, I, there's some episodes here that are, and this might be hyperbole, but like some of the best television I've ever seen. It, it's like, it ranks up there with Mad Men for me. I mean, it was just uh, excellent. No, Sarah Jane, you're right. It You get that great out of the gate first season, which makes me go, oh my God, how are they going to top that? And then they they do. And so I think we're all in agreement that this is a show that totally kept itself on the level and maybe even surpassed that level in the second season. And there isn't enough, as we go through this, I don't think there's going to be enough we can say about both the writing and the acting all the way around. Because yes, we're learning more about these people. We're more invested in these people and these characters that's one of the things you have these actors in every single character that are just holding their own but they're also making this wonderful ensemble family together and i think that you know that's such a great strength of the show that it's good when there's a single actor on screen but it's also good when all the actors are on screen no absolutely i couldn't have said any of that any better i'm a strong believer in the sophomore slump this might be the best season two of a show I've ever seen, at least in this decade. What surprised me the most was how much more in-depth we got into these characters. After we find out the family, the familial relationship that Carmen has with Richie, with his sister Natalie, with Michael, who has passed away. I thought, okay, well, season two, we'll retread old ground and kind of go through the motions of what we've already been told because you can't really tell a story twice, right? But they managed to do it from different viewpoints. Nowhere in my head did I see coming that Richie would have anxiety 
trying to not deal with, but be with his family members. And we get to see that kind of vantage point because he's such a tough, posturing, great, big, strong sounding guy who doesn't seem to be intimidated by anything. And we get this really brief moment during one of the best episodes of the season. I'll just say episode six, where he's like, Ooh, okay, let's, uh, let's deal with this. Let's, let's go into the chaos, you know, and he's telling himself this before he goes to a Christmas dinner. I'm like, wow, I was so close minded to Richie being just this toxic, problematic. Why is he still in the kitchen doing this job? He's going to destroy everything. And the layers that this actor, Evan Moss, brings to Richie. I went from hating Richie to actually loving Richie and reevaluating myself and how I judge people because of his performance. It's transcendent. I was just going to jump in and say, not only is he great in episode six, but episode seven, I think, mm-hmm. is, I mean, episode six is, let's just, you know, it's amazing. And the cast in that is insane. It's just so stacked. But episode seven is where we really focus on Richie. I mean, and he, if he doesn't win an award for his uh, acting I mean, it was just insane. And he was, he just transcended himself. And honestly, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get into spoilers, but in the last episode, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, who knows where they would be? I think in episode seven, he stops being Mikey's sidekick. The episode six, the flashback episode, that's all I'll say it reinforces what we kind of got from season one. He was just, he was just Mikey's sidekick. He was always there. Like, yeah, you're so funny. Oh, you're so crazy. And he's there on these wild adventures. He's stepping out of that and becoming rich, which they had already hinted at. He has that early discussion with Carm of like purpose. I don't fucking know my purpose. And seven, you see Richie stepping out of that shadow of Mikey because that was his purpose. He's just there with Mikey. He's Mikey's right-hand man with whatever and all the shenanigans in the work and whatever. He doesn't have that anymore. He has to find his own thing. And I, my favorite just moment of that, he's driving home from the thing he's doing and he's singing Taylor Swift in the car, which he'd already set up. His daughter's a huge Taylor Swift fan. And he, I, I just can't, I just can't take more Taylor today. He's listening and singing to it on his own in the car. He's learned to enjoy it on his own without feeling it's forced upon him by his daughter only wanting to listen to Taylor Swift in the car. Like, that's my favorite moment. And this show's so heavy, I'll just say this, I thought they are going to crash a bus into his car right there. Like, I was so deep and close. <laughs> right? With how, with how this show is. Like, they're going to fucking kill Richie right now. I know. And when they didn't, I'm like, ah. Oh. oh, my God, thank you. Yeah, because, I mean, there's already been train wreck after train wreck after train wreck with this family. I mean, it, it, we talk about you talking about a bus crash. And these are not literal train wrecks, but I mean, it's just train wreck after train wreck with this family. And so there are those moments where because now we care about these characters so much, you get afraid that the show mm-hmm. is going to just completely do something horrible to them again and again and again because as you start to see the background you see how many times these characters have had bad things happen to them again and again and again and been down and had to come back up and that's something that's in season one as well and if you watch uh season one and season two there are many of the episodes 
that even though they're different, they're completely different, they mirror each other. The first episode of the first season and the first episode of the second season have a lot of mirroring that goes on. This, the, both sixth episodes have a lot of mirroring that go on. And uh, even the last episode um, has a lot of mirroring that goes on to actually an earlier episode in, in season one. And they're just taking you back and forth and back and forth. And we're getting baggage and baggage and baggage. But we're also getting growth. We're getting growth and growth and growth. And that is one of the things about... Again, the writing and the acting and everything on this show, the writing is showing you that people, I don't care what you've been through, people can change. People can grow. People can learn things about themselves. They can learn things about others. They can say the words, I'm sorry, and, and mean it. It's it, every time they kind of knock you down in some of these things, they also pick you back up in a strange way. And it's so interesting to watch, and it's interesting to watch the actors work through this and to get these wonderful moments and to get these monologues. I mean, you know, Jeremy Allen White won awards for the first season, and there was a there's a an episode in the first season where you see the monologue he's giving and you're like, that's the award moment right there. That's this is him who's gonna get an award for this show, and then he ends up doing it. They give him another one of those monologues this year where you go, Oh my god. You know, there it is. But then they also give so many of the other characters those moments as well. I'm wondering when we get to award season if this isn't going to be a stacked field where the bear is competing against the bear for a lot of the awards. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think they're going to slug it out with succession, probably. Ooh, yeah. Um, because no, there's just so much good television this summer, it's insane. Right before we're not going to get any for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's okay you can rewatch this and love it so mm-hmm. yeah and really really take in how writers need to be paid fairly and have living wages and also benefits absolutely i think another reason season two works is they didn't try to they didn't shove a whole new or a bunch of new characters we technically only got one new character but natalie gets a lot more screen time and development so it's like we get one and a half characters so we get claire and she's about the only new character really introduced. But then they dig in on the cast where Tina gets to shine, Natalie gets to shine, they all get to shine. But we didn't have to bring in like eight new characters and try to introduce and then build on the current cast. They just built in the current cast and brought one and a half more, as I'm calling it, into it. So we could really get some depth. Now, we did have a character... Uh, the character of Sydney, played by Ayo Edebiri, she has this giant heart, and that heart is thrown into absolutely everything. 100% of it is thrown at what she's doing, and she has a concerned father. What surprised me about that is the father wasn't there to be like, is that your dream? Well, I'm from an older generation, so let me get my stomping boots and put it out. I thought that's where that was going. Like, a chef can't make money these days, not during a pandemic or, you know. But instead, he just wants her to be happy. Now, we won't spoil where that storyline goes, of course, but. Well, this is also coming from she's she's come from a failed business, the catering business. Right. So yeah. she's taken some lumps. He's taken some lumps. But, yeah, I like that he isn't all, uh, you should find something more stable. 
And can I give a shout right. out? Can I give a shout out to Robert Townsend who plays her father? Oh yes, please. Yeah, absolutely, you can. Yeah, yeah, they were when he first was introduced, and he was talking, and I was like, I know that voice, and so I closed my eyes and listened to him, and I'm like, Oh my god, that's Robert Townsend! I love him so much, and so you know, I didn't know he was going to pop up in this, and he's not in it a lot, but he's really great. I did the same thing where I'm like, something's familiar. I, I cheated. I went to IMDb. He looks 20 years younger than when I last saw him. God, he looks great. Yeah, he looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Love him. No, but all the characters on that, just every character is layered. There isn't a single character. Even the extras that they're filming around Chicago, they all look like they have lives of their own and they're living them. It's crazy how well this is filmed. The city is alive. The people that live in it are alive. And Robert Townsend, who's only in four episodes, he has his own life. And a part of that life is being concerned for his daughter. He's not there to stomp on dreams and be an obstacle that she needs to overcome. He's there to essentially, in those moments with her, just be her dad who's concerned that she's not taking care of herself and her business. Uh, you know, I, Is there any? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, are there any other storylines you guys want to cover before we final thought this thing? I just want to say that I saw somebody complaining about the episode where uh, Marcus is sent to a different country to do uh, to learn desserts and come up with some desserts. And they were just complaining that he was just walking around the city. And I'm like, what? That's, you know, that's like a whole nother character there. Yeah. It was beautiful. Well, and that's... I'll, I'm right there with you too because the character he meets tells him it's more about getting out there. Like you can do all the time in here, but it's what out there. So him walking, and you get the sense it's the first time Marcus has really traveled, and he's yeah. dropped in the yeah. Copenhagen where Carmi learned and mm-hmm. worked too. And then he's told basically like just go out there and and live. That's where inspiration really comes from. Yeah, and I'm glad that they, Sergeant, I'm. I'm glad you brought that up because i'm glad they did show him walking around and doing things not necessarily touristy things he's walking around on his own he's finding his own space he's going in and doing all of these little things and even walking around at night because mm-hmm. like neil said it looks like the first time he's traveled but i like the fact that they show somebody who's not let's put it this way the typical american tourist you know, we get a lot of things. We get a lot of, of depictions of us as American tourists that nobody really knows how to travel except to go over and be obnoxious and make sure you go to the wax museum and go, <laughs> you know, go to the Hard Rock Cafe. And, you know, that's us. I like the fact that he, they showed somebody just getting out and enjoying a city that wasn't theirs. Yeah, it was really beautifully shot, and I was happy that he got that episode. And shout out to Will Poulter, who uh, is the chef that oh, yes. I guess Carmi worked with. Yeah, that was a surprise. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that was a nice touch. And of course, it they- does remind me of the only thing I didn't find believable this season is it's Marcus and Sydney kind of on their days off where they're walking around. They do a montage of this. They're eating all day, and when I say they're eating all day. They outdid hobbits because we see them eat like 15, <laughs> 16 dishes each. And you're I, like, that yeah. was one day? I know. What the hell? 
when I realized it was one day, I'm like, wait, what? How did she do that? But, you know, I guess she wasn't eating. She was only sampling each thing, I guess. I don't know. Let's get into our final thoughts for The Bear Season 2. Ray, would you please start? Uh, This is something that is beautiful to watch, but also hard to watch. There are times when there is so much going on and there's so much intensity, the emotion and everything else that I have to go, okay, wait, <laughs> maybe I can't marathon another episode of this. <laughs> maybe I just need to sit back for a minute. And I got that in season one as well. Don't take that as a bad thing though. This is something, you know, watch it at your own pace, but you're going to, you're going to find layer after layer after layer. And it's got great casting, great acting, great writing, and it's also got, we talk about that that episode six, it's got that stacked guest cast in, in episode six, the guest stars, and featuring, you know, one of the most uncomfortable family dinners ever. There's several movies and, and television shows now that I can name with uncomfortable family dinners, and this one just keeps that th- tradition and, and runs with it. And, you know, there are going to be things in it that you can't relate to, but there are going to be things in it that even, uh, no matter what your family is, that you can relate to. And I think that it's it's a show that just has something for everybody to see as long as you watch it carefully. And even if you've got to go back and watch it again, because it is very wordy, do it or turn on the subtitles or something, because it is not worth missing any of the dialogue in the show. And some of the things they do to their characters seem incredibly cruel. Uh, but you know, life, life is cruel sometimes and it isn't fair, but we've got growth in everything that these characters are doing. And I just hope there's going to be a season three. I hope when we get to season three, we can continue to see that growth in these characters. And I, I just, I love the show. I totally love the show. So I am going to give it, you know, cause, uh, nothing's perfect. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it 9.75 out of 10 of those damn little ticket printers in the kitchen. Just keep spitting and spitting and spitting out tickets. <laughs> Neil, your final thoughts, please. There's nothing I can add that she didn't just already say. The show is extremely well done. I think it needs a season three to kind of finish out the recipe to get our final product. Uh, there's, it's not really cliffhangery. In the end, but the story doesn't feel done. It hasn't baked long enough, so I think it really needs that. Um, so I'm just going to jump to my score because Lori wrapped it up, and it's I, it's just extra frosting, like on a cake you buy from the store, where it's two <laughs> inches of cake and two and a half inches of frosting. I do think perfection can be found, so I'm going to give this ten out of ten. Water dishes for a cat that may or may not be there. Oh, you stole my rating. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, Sarah Jane and her (laughs) new rating. Let's do this. Well, let me uh, let me think about it for a second. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. All right. um, 
episode six is pretty much like a Christmas episode, and so I'm adding that now into my Christmas rotation, just treating it like a movie, because it's a longer episode than the normal 30-minute one. So it's just tremendous. And I will say that my uh, husband's father-in-law is just like a complete and abusive ogre. And so that episode six really hit me hard because on Thanksgiving one day, Eric's dad called us losers and just basically ripped into us like, um, uh, I guess he's a stepfather, he's an uncle, I don't know, uh, rips into Mikey and just, just a stream of abuse that's just horrendous. Um, and so, you know, I had to actually stop that for a second because it, it brought back those really horrible memories. I mean, I just got up and left. You know, I'm not going to sit at the table and listen to that. But anyway, I digress. Um, the show is definitely stressful because, um, as somebody mentioned, the clock is ticking. And so, um, you know, every episode, it's just, you see the calendar, you see the days moving. It's just constant. Are we going to get this done we have to do this. We have to do this. So you really feel it. So, you know, you might not want to binge. Um, briefly, I want to say the relationship between Carmi and Claire is just so sweet. And they have a moment where it just felt like, I don't know, it's like a John Hughes movie a little bit. And so I was like, oh, are they? Are they going to kiss? Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go to my rating, which I still don't have now. <laughs> Let's see, nine and a half out of ten dishes that get dropped on the floor in episode six. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I love this show too. I really hope there'll be a season three because, yeah, it doesn't feel like an unfinished story, but there's more here. You know, this could be like a three or four course meal of a TV series. <laughs> <laughs> I think the purpose with a lot of art is to help people see things in a different light and not necessarily give them epiphanies to change their lives and improve themselves, but kind of lead them in that direction. And I just wanted to mention again, the character Richie played by uh, Eben Ross, uh, Bacharach, I believe it's pronounced. Wow. Season one, I was done with this character. Like, I don't know why Carmen doesn't fire him. He is terrible. And season two, by the finale, I'm like weeping over the mm -hmm. character journey that Richie has had and telling myself, hey, maybe don't be such a judgmental prick, even if it's a fictional character, huh? As you said, Ray, people can change. People can better themselves. People can apologize. People can ask for forgiveness. All these things are in this food show. Whenever I have a broken heart myself, my wife says, you, you can't really hide that. You kind of have that kicked puppy look. And if my heart so is so inclined to look broken enough, she'll actually bake me a bake me a peach cobbler, and it just makes everything feel better. And that's what this show is kind of like, in the people that it shows as authentic, just like the city, and how lived in the city is, and how being a person of service, especially food service. It can be this beautiful thing and an incredibly heavy burden. It's a lovely show. I 
don't think it's perfect because, you know, the best things aren't perfect. They got that wabi-sabi. So I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 streaks on forks that shouldn't be there when you do it properly. Yes, sir. (laughs) 